Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Beatex Smith and Steve Mex. Beatex Smith and Steve Mex. You are now entering the Megacars. The Megacars. <laughs> What's up, Ted? Steve! Jack you up a little bit. You there. jack me up in there? Yeah, I gotta jack you up a little higher. Thanks, dude. Steve! A nighttime edition of the Megacast. Always a little looser. I, I love the nighttime editions. Yeah. We it's need- fun, too, because it's like we haven't even been out or drinking or nothing. It's just, it's, no. it's, right. it's just like, man, it's nighttime. It's just a different energy. You're finished with your shift. I'm done already. We should yeah. just quit our jobs and do night podcasts. Yeah, 45 minutes a week. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Once a week. We're not going to do more. We'll do like a Patreon thing. People can pay us. Yeah, man. It's going to be great. Yeah. We're going to have to live together. Great idea. I yeah. love it. Dude, I'll, sl- I'll, uh, I'll stay in that weird little room, that closet by the bathroom. Oh, okay. Well, that one's being, I have my electronic drum set in there, so you're going to have to, well, I mean, you could jam on the drums while you live in there. Yeah, just a little air mattress or something. Maybe just <laughs> a sleeping bag. Maybe just a cushion. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, it's good to see you. We're doing a night one because in a little bit, we're going to be joined by one of the guys that's going to be performing at Defy Wrestling's big inaugural event, which I'm the host and the ring announcer for. That's crazy, man. You're the, you're the ring announcer for that. I'm so excited. I'm nervous and excited. Uh, Matt Cross, he's known as Son of Havoc. If you watch Lucha Underground, he's the dude with the awesome beard, and he wears the mask. And when he's not in Lucha Underground, he doesn't wear a mask, but he still has an awesome beard. Although yeah. that would be funny if when he's not wrestling in Lucha Underground, he takes the beard off. Takes the beard off? Yeah. I knew we were having another beard guy in here, so I yeah. specifically like shampooed my beard today. Oh, is there going to be like some beard envy going on? I don't know. I just didn't know what we are going to get into, yeah. so I was like, I better clean it up. Yeah, you got to look good for him. I, it looks like you, you've... you've <laughs> you straightened it? Yeah. It, it looks straighter, yeah. if that makes sense. It does. I like that. Yeah, man. Well, well and, and, my, and, and having a beard is like being a woman. Like, you know, a couple days a week, I got to be like, oh, I got to wash it. Yep, yep, yep. So uh, Matt Cross, he's going to be joining us in studio. He got in a little bit early. I actually just landed, so um, we should be having him on in the very near future. Uh, but Defy Wrestling is this Friday night. I'm the ring announcer and the host. Matt Cross is wrestling. Matt has been all over the world. You might even know him as M Dog Twenty uh, from back in the backyard wrestling days. All right, was that a Mad Dog reference? You know, I wonder. We got to ask him about that because. But you a, said he's not a boozer or nothing. Right, he's a straight edge dude. So I wonder if it's an ironic thing. All right. It could be similar to like you know, um, um, uh, CM Punk rocked the the Pepsi tattoo logo, and and that was kind of like a like a joke thing because you know some people have like tattoos with like alcohol. So he's like, I'm showing oh, yeah. my pride for Pepsi products, <laughs> which I thought was pretty awesome. So yeah, we'll talk with uh, Matt when he gets in here all about. I mean, what a great career he's had from doing backyard wrestling to he had a little bit of a I hit a moment in the WWE as part of that Tough Enough show, and then oh yeah. And it just, I mean, a guy that just continues to reinvent, I don't know if I reinvent himself is the right thing to say, but um, he just got an amazing work ethic. I think he said on his Facebook that he's now about to wrestle in his 25th country. Damn. Which is just unbelievable. I mean, the guy's been all over the world, just dominating everywhere that he goes. He's a fun guy to watch wrestling. He'll be a part of that. Cody Rhodes is a part of Defy Wrestling. I love Cody Rhodes. Me too, man. He's he's badass. And then uh, uh, Killshot, Shane Strickland. There's a few Lucha Underground guys, as well as Jeff Cobb, who's known as Matanza. And then, of course, yours truly. I'm so pumped. Um, it's it, it's going to be so weird and surreal to be a ring announcer for a wrestling event. It's crazy, dude. Yeah. It's it. it I can't, I mean, I, unfortunately, I can't go to this first one. Right. 
But man, I, I'm proud of you. That'll be a fun thing. I think you're really good. I think I think you're gonna shine in this. Nice. Yeah, uh, and, and don't feel bad because there will be more. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. In the, in a few months, there's gonna be another Defy Wrestling event. I don't know who's gonna be a part of it, but from what I'm hearing from my buddy Jim, who runs Defy Wrestling. It's going to be pretty damn cool. Cool. Yeah, so we'll do that in a little bit, but let's get our heart racing, our blood pumping, and our brain functioning. And Ted, I grabbed the song just for you. I'm really excited about this. I think you're going to love this one. Are you ready to get 10? Let's do it. All right. Oh, Jesus Christ, Steve. <laughs> Jesus, man. <laughs> My buddy Steve. My buddy Steve. Let's get 10, Ted. Yeah. If you don't know why we're doing this, if you're new to the Megacast, last week we did a whole episode about how the Ted Smith's mom, for his birthday, had a Marilyn Monroe impersonator show up to his Christmas slash birthday party. Yeah, Christmas Eve. I was talking all sexy. And I saw the video. Oh, did you? Yes. It's as awkward as you as you described it. Gabby, have you ever seen that look on my face? You looked like a deer in headlights. Like, I, like I've never seen my friend Ted, who's a, a man of many words, be reduced to being speechless. Speechless. 100% speechless. Oh, man. You know, before we get to uh, the, the, the Ted talk, <laughs> to make you feel better, I don't know if you uh, heard about this, but Casey Affleck, you know. Yeah, yeah. My boy Ben's brother. Yeah, uh, Manchester by the Sea. He shared a story about how his mom embarrassed him, and I immediately thought of you. All right. So here's a story about a time that his mom got him something special for his birthday. My brother and I had a birthday three days apart, and so we would have joint birthday parties. And um, one year, my mom hired a belly dancer. She came to our backyard. We had little torches out in the backyard. It was was about the size of this little room here. And we didn't know, and some woman showed up, and she started rolling her belly. I, I just, it stuck in my mind, because it was such a weird thing to do, I think. We had a whole bunch of friends over. I'm sure the other parents were upset by it. I don't know, but had a bunch of back birthdays in my backyard. I don't think we did a whole lot, The belly, so the belly dancer was a big thing. Yeah. All right, so he knows the awkwardness. He knows the struggle. So if you ever have a chance to Damn. interview Casey Affleck... I got to trade the story with him. Oh, absolutely. I think he would love hearing that because we talked about that this morning. We did a whole topic about um, BGM Migs about how has a parent embarrassed you. Yeah. So we played that audio and dude, the text lines just blew up. I mean, more than 10. I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but that is a lot in the world of like, you know, for somebody to, to take time to text us about, are you going to share Ted's story about Marilyn Monroe? Like we got a bunch of people texting about that. So I grabbed a clip of the audio of you describing, and we played that on the air this morning as well, and BJ was cracking up too, and Rev, of course, was there. Yeah, Rev was there. That's how I saw the video. He had the video. (laughs) Don't worry, I I didn't even bother asking for a copy of it. Uh, Out of respect for you, I might play Marilyn Monroe as our push-up song, but I would not do you dirty like that. It's funny, too. I have yet to tell that story on our show. Oh, that's hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I just, I know those two dudes I work with. Yeah. And one day on Facebook Live, I was like, Mike, should we, because people, you know, they're on Facebook Live, like the men's room, they listen to this or the yeah. podcast. Yeah. I was like, should I tell the story? And then Mike was like, they're going to be ruthless with you. Yeah. And I was like, all right. It, I'm sure at some point on the men's room it'll come out. Of course. But it, it has yet to show up yet. 
Mr. President, Marilyn Monroe. Tech Talks, starring Vitek Smith. Damn. Sorry, I had to do that to you. No, no, that's fair. I, I originally was going to do all the bumper music that we play on the Megacast, Marilyn Monroe songs. I'm like, all right, that's pushing it. Pushing the limit. I do know for my friends and family that I will. Th- this will be a constant joke for the rest of my life. As it should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That part I'm fine with. Yeah. Yeah, the, the further you get away from something embarrassing, the funnier it gets. Right. I, you know what I mean? Right. Like, I think I've turned the corner now, but... <laughs> Like I said, now I share very loving, not lovingly, but very, uh, I, I'm willing to share with great humor the time when I was in second grade and I pooped my pants in class and tried to act like as if I didn't do it and just sat there in class basking in my own poop in my pants. Oh, I respect that though. And my you teacher, played it tough. Yeah. Until my teacher got near me and I'll never forget. <laughs> Tap on the shoulder. Steve, you should go to the bathroom. Oh. <laughs> Went to the bathroom. I refused to leave the bathroom. Well, I was going to say, what do you do now? I sit in the bathroom and think, you know what? I'm going to wait it out. I'm just going to stay here until school's over. I don't know what else to do. <laughs> Next thing you know, Steven, it's mommy. You were in there so long, they called your mom and she showed up? Oh, damn, dude. <laughs> and my mom brought a change of clothes and walked me home. She's like, let's just go home. How long were you in that damn bathroom? Oh, my mom, we didn't live very far from uh, my elementary school. But we still got to be talking 15 minutes. Oh, probably 30 to 45 30. minutes. All right. Yeah, because we were like five minutes from my uh, elementary school. It's like a five-minute walk. <laughs> Steven, it's your mommy. <laughs> Hi, mom. Oh, that is brutal. At the time, I don't think I ever talked about that story. My mom, I don't even know if she remembers it now. It's been like we never spoke about that again. Like it was the longest walk home. And I never brought it up ever again until like recently. And now it's like I share the story and I think it's hilarious. But when I was a kid, oh, yeah, terrifying. The worst. Oh, sorry. We, let's just do that again. Do it again. Yeah. Tech Talks, starring the Tech Smith. Uh, the TED Talk today, you know, we're still in January and stuff. I would say uh, challenge yourself, yourself, you know, whether it's a personal thing about uh, something with your diet or, you know, maybe the way you treat people, you know, maybe just another bad habit you have. I don't know if it's chewing your nails. So just challenge yourself to kind of stop that or, you know, and, and you know, like I said last week, you're not going to get all of this done in a month, but, you know, it, it's always good to challenge yourself. I, I'm going on a retreat. I just got done 48-hour fast, Steve. A 48-hour fast? Yeah, just water for 48 hours. Why'd you do that to yourself? Well, I had to clean some stuff out. Oh, okay. But, uh, yeah, but I, I had started like I- That couple, sounds terrible. Yeah, but it's funny because I, I started doing like a 12-hour one and then 24 and then 36, and now I can do 48. Not that, I mean, look, yesterday by the time- I was done my podcast. I was like, all right, I got to go eat some food. Yeah. Because that was right at like the 48-hour mark. What was mark? the first meal you ate at the 48-hour mark? Uh, <laughs> I had some coconut rice, a plain, uh, ha- well, part of a plain chicken, rotisserie chicken from Whole Foods, and some watermelon. Okay. But at, first, other- uh, at first, you almost had me at the point where I was like, ah, just keep fasting. Coconut rice. <laughs> but the chicken and the watermelon redeemed yourself. Yeah. And the other thing is, too, that I, I forgot about, man, is... Like, you don't eat for 24 hours. I got this chicken, right? I'm like, probably going to eat the whole chicken. And then I ripped apart like half of it and only ate like a quarter of it. And was like, oh, all right, I'm full. Yeah, because your stomach kind of shrinks. Yeah, it's amazing that in that time. But either way, it was a it was a good personal challenge going into my retreat this weekend. And, you know, like, I don't know. I feel like the dry January things almost come, 
Like I do it every year, so it's almost easier. So this was right. a good challenge, and so dry, yeah, that's right. You're not drinking anything for no. the month of January, okay? Right. I've been smoking the last like week or whatever either. Uh huh. But uh, yeah, so I mean, just still little... freebasing though, right? Oh yeah, yeah, of course. yeah. Well, I, dude, how up. do you think I'm up? Yeah, right. <laughs> how are you supposed to get through those 48 hours? So I mean, whatever it is, whatever habit you're trying to break or something, just you can always challenge yourself, and don't worry. Maybe you're gonna slip up a little bit, but you know, stay the course and just you know, like I think it's good to just challenge yourself with stuff. I hope like when we have uh, Matt in. Uh, because this is a guy who's like beyond disciplined when it comes to like, I was listening to, man, it was a while ago, so I'm probably going to be paraphrasing it. Like I love listening to wrestling podcasts All right. and I remember hearing him on uh, the Kevin Gill show, which was just, it's, it's a great podcast and he was great on it. And he was just talking about how disciplined he is when it comes to his body. He's like, this is how I make my money. And if you right. if you do a Google search of Matt Cross, um, let's just say if he was hanging out with us, one of these guys would not look like the others. He's in <laughs> great shape. I mean, just chiseled. And he apparently on I mean, like like clockwork, he eats six times a day, every couple of hours, always eating, always eating. Like yeah. And he works out all the time. And you know, I mean, that takes a lot of discipline. It does. But he's like, you know, I want to be the best at what I do, and part of what I do that makes me great is how you look. Sure. So, I so mean, you got to stay on it. Right. You can't just, you know, you can't rest on your beard laurels. No, I will say, some of those wrestlers, it's impressive how much time they put in the gym. Oh, gosh, yeah. You know? I mean, you look at like a guy like The Rock, right? And he's a little more extreme. But still, I mean, it, I, I think he's at the gym more than he's awake, it seems. Yeah. Like, I don't know how that's possible. I mean, he's at the gym more than he sleeps. Dude, I almost forgot. I saw a picture today of our old buddy Steve Rock that used to work here. Yeah. With The Rock. And it's like, I forgot, when he first got into movies, he really trimmed down and, and like lost all that bulk. And he was never, he was not nearly as big as he is now back when he was like wrestling in the WWE. Right? At all. Like, I don't know what the hell he's doing. I feel like, I feel like every morning he just like injects himself with like an air pump and just pumps his arms up. Yeah, I mean, I think it's stuff like that. I know if you have enough money, you can go to the doctor and say, hey... This or that. You know, and, and a lot of people use HGH. I mean, it's illegal if you're competing. Right. But, but he's, he's not competing. He's right, just an for, actor. Right. He's an actor. You know, I just think a lot of actor. those. Well, yeah. I think a lot of those actors do a cycle here and there. Because you, what was it? Uh, Brad Pitt? Mm-hmm. For that one movie, Troy. It was like, how did he get so big? Yeah. Or Hugh Jackman. Remember from yeah. and Wolverine? I mean, he, he shared some of the ways that he worked on it. It's just freaking ridiculous. Man. The crazy but, one is, remember, uh, Christian Bale. Remember mm-hmm. he had done the, uh, what's it? The Machinist or whatever? Oh, I can't remember. Where he played like the guy with the eating disorder. Yes. So he got really frail. And then the next movie was Batman Begins or whatever. How do you do that and to yourself? It was huge. Right. How do you do that to yourself? That, that sounds like a terrible life. I, Making millions of dollars and having trainers. I, I get it. But like, still, I don't want to freaking lose that much weight. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. It's crazy. But yeah, those guys, I mean, the wrestlers put in a lot of time. Yeah. And it's obvious that uh, Matt might spend a couple hours in the gym every once in a while. I could, yeah. be, I could be crazy, but I think he spends a little time in the gym. Just, so. just a wee bit. Uh, you know, I'm mentioning wrestling podcast before we take a break and, uh, and hopefully Matt will join us after the break. Um, I'm a big fan of this podcast called uh, Something to Wrestle With with Bruce Pritchard. Bruce Pritchard, for all of you old school wrestling fans, you might remember him. He was a character by the name of Brother Love. Which was like a like an evangelist slash Morton Downey Jr. back in the eighties. All right, you know he just hit, his catchphrase was "I love you," and he would just do that kind of crap. Was he related to Dude Love? No, no, it was a, he wasn't related to Mankind or anything like that. <laughs> All right. I, I respect that. Nice call, thanks, to, man. To Mick Foley. <laughs> 
it was a great character because he was kind of a heel and he his face was painted red like as if like that like he was super sunburnt with like slick back hair it's just a all right slimy looking evangelist and he always had a great line that says i love you but that doesn't mean i have to like you <laughs> so he though more so in front of the camera behind the scenes he was like vince mcmahon's like I wouldn't say his right hand man, but like his left hand man. You know, like right. he was like top three kind of dudes in the inner circle, helping with a lot of the creative, producing some of these uh, vignettes that you would see back in the eighties. I mean, in the heyday of the WWE. He does a podcast where they just focus on one moment in wrestling history that he was a part of, and his co-host Conrad Thompson, who's great as an interviewer, will just pick his brain. Like you know, it'll be like a whole episode about Dusty Rhodes joining the WWE or. The Ultimate Warrior, the rise and fall of him, or you know what went wrong with this, and it's fascinating if you're a wrestling fan. It's one of the best wrestling podcasts out there. Um, but recently, they were just doing like a random one of just like ask him any question, and people were tweeting questions. And somebody asked about like his relationship with Vince McMahon, like if he ever had a moment where Vince McMahon just blew up on him. And the story is awesome. I think anybody who's ever dealt with like a, an irrational boss. Is going to love this story. All right. So this is Bruce Pritchard from his podcast, which is called Something to Wrestle With, Bruce Pritchard. And here he is talking about the one time, which I'm sure there were more than one, but the one time that Vince McMahon just snapped on him. I was sitting ringside with Vince in the Manhattan Center, and I was producing commentary. I had a headset, and I could talk to each of the announcers individually. So I could speak to Vince, and he's the, he's the only one that can hear me. And I override everything in his ear. So as you're going into a commercial break, I would tell Vince, I'm say, okay, uh, we're going into commercial. I want you to throw to this package. In addition to that, I would write on a note card, you know, throw to WrestleMania promo. Let's say that. And I would write that on a card as a, as a reinforcement. Give it to him. So you're saying it and handing it to him. And, and that's Conrad right there. And by the All way, right. I'm sitting right next to him. And he's talking and he's talking and he's not throwing to what I want him to throw to. Pushing down on my microphone, throw to the WrestleMania package. And he doesn't do it. And finally, Kevin just goes to it. We get into the break and Vince takes his headset off and throws his headset down. Says, God damn it, pal. You got to tell me where the f- I'm going. I don't know where the hell I am. I don't know where the hell I'm going. You got to talk to me. I said, Vince. I've been telling you. I've been telling you for the last minute what to go to. I said, well, God damn it, if I don't do it, then write it f-ing down. And I'm still holding the card with the throw to whatever the hell it was in my hand all, right in front of him. Here comes the best part. And I stick it right up in between us in his face. And he looks at the card and he reads it. He goes, ah, well, f- you. <laughs> it just tears it up. <laughs> I love that. He's just not going to be wrong because he's the boss. Even though he did everything that Vince McMahon tells him to do, it doesn't matter. Nope. That's awesome. All right, when we take a we're going to take a quick break. When we return, he's known as Son of Havoc from Lucha Underground. He's going to be in the same ring as yours truly on Friday. Migs. That's right. Stream. What's it? Stream Migs? Stream Migs. Throw those streamers at me. It's going to be very exciting. I want to be treated like a Russian prostitute. It's going to be great. Um, Don't pee, dude. Allegedly. Yeah. Uh, Matt Cross and he will be there at defywrestling.com if you want to check him out and he'll be joining us on the Megacast next hold on the Megacast will be back
what to do for the overly self-obsessed driver who insists on taking and sending selfies while on the road? It's the new Chrysler Portal. It takes pictures of all passengers, including you, the driver. All cameras have autofocus, so you can focus on the road. How do I turn off the flash? I can't see! How convenient is this? The driver's side selfie stick can also be used as a car jack or to fight off a car jacker. <laughs> and thanks to the new car's facial recognition of each of your friends, it plays zoned audio so they can individually hear the music they like the most without headphones. Hey, can you guys turn it down? I can't concentrate and I can't see. Stop taking pictures. Ah! The new Chrysler Portal, the first selfie car, and the last selfie you might ever be seen in. Oh, yeah. Lamb of God is my Jane. The mega cast is back. Look up in the night, see right across the sky. very excited joining us in studio you're gonna see him on friday night at the washington hall for defy wrestling's first wrestling event defy one legacy get tickets at defywrestling.com. matt cross what's going on man not much how are you guys oh uh, great I, I it sounds like you just had the, the the trip from hell to get here to join us on the on the mega cast and we appreciate that i made it i made it that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's overly dramatic i mean it wasn't that bad the trip from hell yeah where'd you start today uh in cleveland where i live Oh, no kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was supposed to come in yesterday, but like high winds in Chicago kept me out, and uh, they canceled the flight and then put me on something today. And then there was something wrong with the plane, and then we had to deplane to get on another one, and they said they were looking for a spare plane, which this is new to me. I was like, so I thought, oh, this is going to be another day or so for sure, because what is a spare plane, you know? <laughs> like, right. How is that a thing? And then apparently- We got one out back. Yeah, we just went like <laughs> right from one to the other. <laughs> I didn't know they had like planes on hold, you know, because they talked about needing a part. They said they didn't need the, they didn't have the part. And then they're like, we're going to look for a spare plane. And I was like, well, I'm never going to get there. <laughs> I've never had, I've had the worst. Uh, I remember one time sent, uh, yeah, like the PA and they're like, we're, we're trying to find a new pilot. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to get on this plane if that's we're, what we We're auditioning them right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> but for you to say that you've never experienced something like that, I mean, that's saying something because, I mean, it, from what I gather and from what I've seen over the time and being a fan of yours, it's like you're always on the road. You're always performing in different countries, let alone uh, across America. So yeah. for you to be like, oh, yeah, this is a first for me, I mean, that's saying something. Yeah, it's true. I think I flew every weekend last year, so it was pretty wow. wild. Over 100,000 miles in 2016, so... Real crazy. 
And I saw that you said that, uh, what is it, you're about to hit your 25th country to perform in? Yeah, in April. I just got booked in the Netherlands. Super pumped. Uh, yeah, I'm on this quest to like be the most well-traveled independent wrestler of our generation, if I'm not already. I was about to say, I think you are. Uh, likely, but I want to pad that. You know, I want to make it crazy. Like I'll hit 25 in April, and then I'm going to aim for, for 30. I have a buddy that like he plans, he's a stand-up comic, and he plans a lot of his traveling based on either the Seattle Mariners or the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know you're a huge uh, music fan. Sure. Do you ever look at the calendar and like, oh man, they're playing, you know, what, whoever, the Rancid's playing in the <laughs> Netherlands. I should book a wrestling show that weekend. Um, on the record, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that could hurt like your uh, bargaining, I would imagine. <laughs> we know you want to come here. Rancid's playing. 100%. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Even specifically Rancid this year announced a bunch of like overseas, like they haven't announced anything in the States for 2017 and they announced a bunch of festivals and stuff overseas and like oh. every one of them, I'm like, well, I know a company there, and I know a company there, and maybe nice. I can make that work. And that is the greatness of, you know, working for yourself, being an independent wrestler. Like, I'm a modern-day pirate, so I can kind of go wherever. <laughs> and yeah, They're doing a festival in, in Milan, and I'm specifically like, I wonder if I can swing this. So, and I'm sure you can. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I remember seeing them. They they played with uh, Rise Against the last time I saw them, oh, cool. and that was just a... I was I, I was going... I mean, I've seen Rancid a few times, but I was like mainly going, I'm like, oh, I, I want to see Rise Against, and I'm, I'm like, I've seen Rancid. I'm sure they're fine, and you just assume that, oh, this band's going to lose their luster with years. Oh, yeah, uh, no and, and no, no, not at all. <laughs> like, they were just still as mind-blowing as they were when the first time I saw them when I was in my 20s. Yeah, it's... I'm not a religious person, but that is the closest to for me that it gets to like a religious experience, and it's so like cliche. And I've heard people say that, and it's like, come on, but like, it is that for me. And then like once a year when I do go to church for, on uh, Christmas Eve, and like you all <laughs> sing, boy. you all sing together and everything. <laughs> I'm like, this is I don't know. I'd get the same thing out of punk rock that I would out of like a church thing. Like we all sing songs we like and mean a lot to us together. Yeah. And then you know, it's like I'm like, this is really the same, and it's like. You're, you're positive and you're happy and you're with people that you like and you're like showing signs of peace to one another or whatever in your own yeah. little way. And I'm like, all right, this is church. So I just, yeah, specifically Rancid shows for me are like very, very important. The delivery system might be a little different as far as musically, but yeah. you're right. I mean, with the message and what it does for you is, is exactly the same. Yeah, the guy I who does, I play in a church band and, oh, nice. and I never thought I'd ever play in a church band playing you know, punk music and yeah. rock music. And, and I was like, it's weird though, as a, yeah. a, to, to be in a worship team, as they would say. Uh, yeah. I mean, because when I first got there, I'm like, okay, I'll do this. As a favor, I realized I was just trying to impress my, now my wife, but she was yeah. my girlfriend. I was like, this will make her mom and her grandma really <laughs> stoked about me, this tattooed guy that they're a little questionable about. Yeah. I'm like, this will win them over. I'll play for Jesus. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I do it. Jesus loves the double bass. <laughs> oh, yeah. I showed up with some chords lighting a double bass drum. They're like, get that. Fat. No. <laughs> but man, like, you know, you play in a rock band and you finish a song and everyone cheers and that's awesome. And that's such yeah. a great adrenaline rush. But then when you do it at a church, they're not cheering after the song. They all, amen. And I'm like, this is weird. And oh, then, strange, yeah. But then when you're, <laughs> yeah, that is when you're noticing that they're singing along and you're making eye contact while you're playing, it's like, it's, I'm kind of getting goosebumps even thinking about it. It's, yeah. it's, it's a, a surreal experience. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And there's something, I mean, the communal aspect and all that. And just, you know, and I think, I think there's things to be said just for like positivity in, in general. Mm -hmm. And I think like, that's what church brings to a lot of people. It's like everyone getting together and thinking positively about something. And that's the idea of prayer to a lot of people. And like, oh, I, I get that out of punk rock. Like I get there and like, I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for punk rock. Like these bands traveling the world, you know, living this alternative lifestyle and being like, you can do it. 
and, and being in control of your own destiny. Yeah, and just that whole DIY aspect of it. Like, no one ever, t- there's no, you know, it's black flag. It's like, let's get in a van and make this happen somehow. And I was like, I'll get in a van and I'll make this happen somehow. Like, I have no boss. Awesome. I have no, there's no pattern. There's no, I didn't have a book of like, here's how you do it. I still am just making it up as I go along. And it's like been 16 and a half years of, but just to have, just to take that leap of like, okay, I'm seriously going to try to do this. Like, even though it's ridiculous, like, yeah, that's, you know, I don't know. <laughs> it's just been a crazy ride. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not the same way, like a church aspect, but Very it's faith in yourself or, yeah. or faith in, you know, what you're, what you want to do. Right. You yeah. Know? I like when that. I always say like, I'd probably be a giant pain in the ass to like the people in my church. If we actually had like a, a talk about religion and the Bible and cause sometimes some things I'm not a hundred percent sold on, you know mm-hmm. I mean? It's like, I, I have a lot of questions and I don't think that's bad, Sure, but some people are just like, how dare you question anything? What I get and like you brought up is that community feeling yeah. is, is wow. Everybody's here for a sense of faith, a sense of hope. Yeah. And there's something really magical about that. And uh, I did want to say, you're bringing up the DIY aspect of what you do. I have so much respect for you. I'm so excited to talk to you because I feel like, you know, I, it's like sometimes I have to think about like, how does someone affect me? I'm very selfish in that way, in a sense. You know what I mean? But like, how does sure. this person inspire me? And you're a man who's had so many ups, a lot of ups and, and probably some downs as well doing the, in the world of wrestling. And I think okay. about like, you know, you... You started very young, and you 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 get a great buzz in the world, you know, as M Dog Twenty, and and in the world of backyard wrestling, and you're on a video game, and all this great stuff. And the next thing you know, the WWE is knocking on the door, and tough enough happens, and it doesn't pan out the way you want. And I think about in life, that's like a major blow, probably of like, am I am I should I still do this? You know sure. what I mean? And yeah, yeah, and not only did you still do it, but you've like, I don't know if reinventing is the right word, but like. You just said, you know what? I have. I'm going to take control of my own destiny. I'm going to control my own future, and that's something I think a lot of people could be inspired by. In the sense that, you know, you can take over the wheel, uh, you know, grab the steering wheel of whatever it is that your life is going to throw at you, as opposed to just like resting your laurels and hoping the WWE is going to give you this big break. And I feel like you probably have a way more satisfying and and amazing life and career because of that. Yeah, there's a lot of things just in life like that. I always think about. I mean, like looking like. XM radio type thing and like the Jason Ellis show. And it's like that guy couldn't have been in high school and met with an advisor. And let's say he did. And the advisor says, what do you want to be? And he's like, well, there's going to be this thing they invent called satellite radio. It's not even a a thing. I can't explain it to you. And then on that, I'll have been a professional skateboarder. And then after that, just because I have crazy friends and crazy experiences, I'll then just talk about it. And that will be my job. What? So it's like, this yeah. like crazy time that we're in kind of carries over in, in in every different field. So it's like, exa- for wrestling, it's like I don't know, I'm gonna make something happen, and, and then and then you are in charge of your own destiny and stuff. And I'm just so grateful that we are enjoying this kind of like renaissance, if you will, in, in wrestling, where it's kind of like on the up and up, like the world over. What do you think made that change the way people view uh, independent wrestling? Because I remember, I mean, I've been a wrestling fan my entire life, and for a while, you thought of independent wrestling as the place where the uh, the, the horses go to die. In a sense, you know, like the yeah, old yeah. the old dogs show up there, sure. and it's sad and depressing from some of the documentaries you might see, or and you're just thinking, well, that's independent wrestling. It's a place where guys just go because they can't go anywhere else. Whereas now, uh, and for many years, it's 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 a whole different world. It's a yeah. it's an exciting thing, and I think it's reignited my love for wrestling. But what do you think made that turn? I don't even know. It's crazy for me to think about because now I just feel like such an old timer. Or whatever, and I'm like, Where <laughs> it's been 16 and a half years for me. So I like I very, very, very much was alive and a part of that entire transition. Like yeah. when I started in Cleveland, Ohio, it was a garage. 
where you couldn't hit the ring on two sides because it was just so slid in with no you know room on either side. You couldn't do suplexes because the ceiling was so low. I mean, it was literally not like a garage. It was a garage. So no heat, car parts laying around. Oh and gosh. everyone was like a 40-something-year-old steel worker that just got you know off their shift at the mill and came mm-hmm. down, and now they're going to like do this wrestling thing. And then here comes like an 18-year-old kid who they're then just going to beat up. And, and that was pro wrestling. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I definitely got brought into like that sort of that way, and it was just, I mean, no one, we were just the kids forever the kids 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 um and, and now it's just completely different and you can just kind of you know anyone can get in and it's just the, the whole means of it is different and then like you said like the, the shows were these 40 50 year old steel workers kind of doing whatever they could do <laughs> right. that resembled wrestling but it was clearly <laughs> it was like guys pretending to be wrestlers more or less whereas like you said nowadays if you go to an indie show you're not oh. going to see guys pretending to be wrestling you're going to be wondering why you don't see that style televised anywhere right and you're gonna see better things maybe even and in, in, in a totally different style so I, I i don't know it's open to for debate what uh, made that happen but i mean slowly but surely just i'm the glad past, it did oh for sure i yeah. mean i'd say for the first 14 years that i was in wrestling it wasn't like this like drastic and terrible like decline but it, i would say like a very very slow gradual decline over those 14 years every year just kind of went down 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 uh, and we always heard, oh, the business is cyclical, it'll come back, whatever. And I started to doubt that at some point. I'm like, I don't know, man. The internet's, like, really cool nowadays. Like, MMA is getting really cool nowadays. Like, there's just so many video game systems, everything. I was like, maybe it doesn't come around this time. Maybe in the 40s and the 60s yeah. or something it did. Maybe now, not so much. It's and funny. Then, we hear that now in the world of radio. Radio's dying. Radio's dying. And it's like, well, I don't know if it is. It's just it's done differently now. Right. You know what I mean? Like, whether it be the world of podcasting, the world of sure. satellite radio, the world, even terrestrial radio, there's new ways to do it. And it's like, I think the old dogs just want to assume it's dead because I can't do it anymore. Right, right. You know yeah, I mean? there you go. So then just in the past two years, wrestling has just changed. And I mean, it's exciting for me because even to be here doing this, I mean, like, I've been to Seattle before outside of wrestling, but now to be here for what I love to do, like, that's amazing. And it's just, and the feedback I've got so far has been really great because everyone here hasn't seen me before because it's like, this isn't just a new city or a new state. It's like a new region, more or less. Dude, it's a huge deal in my head. I mean, I know for all my friends that are like similar wrestling fans, it's like, holy crap, you know? Yeah. Matt Cross is here. Son of Havoc is coming. You know what I mean? That's that's awesome. Yeah. And just in Seattle the last few years, I mean, I remember five years ago meeting guys that were doing it and it was like, yeah, all right, you're at some random thing. Like, I'm not going to go to that. Now right. it's gotten so much bigger. I mean, there's almost like competing brands. And they're yeah. all, and, and, and I, I love, we talk about community. What I'm loving to see now, I mean, and of course, we're talking about, I'm, you're going to be at Defy Wrestling's very first event, which is uh, defywrestling.com. It's, uh, uh, you and I are going to be in the ring together, if you didn't realize that. I, uh, I've no, heard. No, I'm not actually going to be mixing it up. I'm Steve's going to wear a singlet. It's yes. going old school. Oh boy. Yes. You know. <laughs> I'll be ready. <laughs> but I'm I'm beyond excited about what we're about to embark on. But there's a great community just here. I mean, three two one battle is a is a fun, weird vibe of wrestling. And I just went to one of their events recently and I was blown away. Lucha Libre, uh, Volcanica, and Project Forty Two. And it's cool because it's not. I'm sure there's a, a, a friendly competition, obviously. Yeah. I mean, no different than if you're in a band. I mean, sure. being in bands, you have friends that are in other bands, but you'd still want to be better than them in a fun way. Yeah. Uh, but there's a there's a, a just a really cool love and, and, and community vibe that I witnessed as an outsider. And I was like, this is cool. I'm really yeah. digging this. And I feel like what uh, Defy Wrestling is doing is kind of taking a little bit of all of those and bringing a lot of these great local talents together to shine and then bringing you guys in 
for us wrestling nerds to geek out about, and you yeah, sure. and Cody Rhodes <laughs> and Jeff Cobb and Shane Strickland. I mean, these are all your buddies. Yeah, you're yeah. all going to get to hang out here in the Northwest. Oh, I can't wait. Even you just saying that because I'm sort of you know just got off a plane and only only half in the game here. So it's like I forgot. Like I, I wrestled Cody Rhodes a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. He became my favorite wrestler. Like that day. And like wow. I'm not even kidding. Like the dude's straight up my favorite wrestler now. So you even just saying that now, I was like, I'm a fan, and I'm like, I'm like <laughs> that's awesome. the giddy little girl. It's like Cody Rhodes is gonna be here. Like you just reminded me, and now I'm all happy just to see him because like he's amazing. So wow. yeah, like and he's also a guy who you could find a lot of inspiration from, even if you're not a wrestling fan. Just the idea of I'm not happy where I'm at. They're not using me in the way that they want. I want them to. I'm just gonna do it on my own. Yeah, and he's been insane. just. Tearing it up because of that. I wrestled him for a group called Next Generation Wrestling in Tennessee. He got something messed up with his flight, so then he rented his own car just to make the show. How many guys would have been like, the flight's messed up, I can't make it? Right. And the yeah. story. Every one of them, without exception. Yeah. So he, on his own, he left his bags because his bags he would have had to wait for, he would have missed the show. So he's Jeez. like, you know what? Forget the bags. I'll rent a car. I'll make the show. So like, that's the pretext under which I met him. So I'm already like, what? And then it just... Literally the coolest guy of all time. And everyone that comes to the show and sees, like, you'll see. Like, he interacts with everybody. I mean, like, literally the coolest dude, like, in wrestling right now. So, I mean, the fact that he's there is, is huge. Is huge, is huge. And, I mean, like, what a tear he's on. Like, in the past year, he's done everything you could possibly do in 20 careers in wrestling. And he's done it in one year's time. Yeah. Some, I mean, and I, it's like he was a part of, like, all the big, like, I don't know if you call them pay-per-views anymore, whatever, you know, from he did in the same year or in about a year's span, less than a year, WrestleMania, Final Battle, Bound for Glory, and Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. I mean. It's, it's insanity. No one else has ever done that. No. That's crazy. Do you I think, think he has a little bit of, like, a, I want to prove to the, the independent wrestling community, because you say something like where he didn't cancel. Um, do you think there's almost a part of him in his head that he's like, I, I want to prove to these guys I'm not like coming in as like a diva. He, not that I, he is, but you know what I mean? No, he loves it. It's like, it's, <laughs> the night I wrestled him, I was up until five in the morning trying to figure out like his angle. And I don't know if that's just like a poor commentary on like my state of the world. Cause I'm like, what's his end game? Like, what's he trying to, <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> what's your deal, man? And the promoter in Tennessee is like, maybe he's just cool, man. And I'm like. Well, I know he's cool, but like, what's he trying to get or what's he trying to, like when you're involved in this crazy, you know. What's he want from me? Yeah. 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 He's too nice to me. <laughs> he texts me at like 5.30 in the morning. He's like, F, that match was awesome. And I'm like, go to bed. <laughs> I know that. And I think it was awesome. But like, it was just another match for you, wasn't it? Or like, you know, it's just like. That's cool. You're not just on to the next one? I mean, so it's like, I don't know, he made just this, this huge impression on me. And, and to be able to do what he's doing every single weekend and go out there, it's, it's awesome. So, so he's going to bring a lot to the show. And like I said, all the feedback I've been getting is just people, like none of us have ever been to this, not only city, state, but the whole region. So it's yeah. like everyone, there's a lot of excitement. And that's exciting for us, you know, because it's like, uh, no fault of their own, but a lot of wrestling fans get jaded because there is just such a wealth of good wrestling available to them nowadays. Right. So. Yeah. This is, let's bring something kind of new and fresh into a new area. So it, it's new for everybody, which is obviously just exciting. And it's not and like people, those... I was going to say, people here love something that they can call like just the Northwest own thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I think that's part of the reason working in radio is great in this town because it's like we're so far removed from the rest of the states. Right. So it's like whether it's a Portland, Seattle thing or, the, you know, like, yeah, like people love the Northwest kind of homegrown stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm excited. It, it sounds like you had a, a little bit of a, a, a process, though, to be even able to wrestle here in Seattle. 
as far as like you had to go, like go to a doctor. I mean, it's, oh yeah, the, the rules and the laws here in Washington are still ass backwards. It sounds yeah. compared to other cities and other states. Well, I now have a combative uh, license for combat sports in uh, in Washington for state. For combat so. sports? Like, you go yeah. through the same state commission as if it's an MMA fight? Yeah, absolutely. So I had to fill out my record. I'm 200 no, by the way. Oh. Uh, officially. <laughs> Let so. really put that down? Yeah. You said, where's your record? My record. I mean, come on. If I'm going to put this, yeah. So I'm undefeated. You're and the first 200 no fighter I've ever met. Yeah. I'm probably ever, you know. So if any of you want to fight, I make, I'll be 201 by the time we leave the studio. I mean, I'm down for it. I have my, I'll need to see your license before we fight, obviously. Damn it, I didn't bring mine today. Well, see, you need to go through the proper channels. I know every state's different. Um, that's awesome. I know in Maryland, they have uh, a commission that's somewhat strict, but they have the doctors on site, so you can kind of pay and take care of everything there. It's like a one-stop shop type thing. But I remember like meeting with the doctors and blood pressure and all this kind of stuff and questions. And at some point, he was like, okay, now uh, jump on one foot for two minutes. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, right, right. Uh, and he's looking at me, and he's like, no, you have to jump on one foot for two minutes. And I'm like, this is a real thing? <laughs> so strange. Yeah, and, and I'm like, oh, I thought you were totally kidding, dude. He's like, yeah. no, it's this thing, and then we take your heart right after. And I'll, I was like, all right. So, I mean, again, every state is different. I thought that was the weirdest one, but, yeah, Washington's not messing around. So the same exact as if I was going to come here and, like, beat everyone up and whatever. So and You're ready to go now. Yeah. You're licensed yeah. to kick ass. Yeah, and it's only good for a year, so, like, hopefully Crap. I come back, and next year I'll have to go through the whole process again. And, yeah, that was all kind of news to me. How but long of a process was it for you to, to do something? It's I mean, involved. Yeah, it's, like, it's annoyingly involved like you really had to go through like everything like uh, yeah it was it was strange i will I mean, say this stay calm i uh i am see some mma fights down at a casino in tacoma no oh, yeah and we've run into some issues that uh a couple guys like they're just jacked up and their their blood pressure goes up and they're like well they can't fight so oh, I mean, we literally had one guy we got weird. him on the floor just laying on his back we're like waving him down like Go to your safe space. <laughs> like, calm down. You know what I mean? See, now you're for now. See, I thought I was out of the water, and now... Uh, the good news know. was, though, yeah. once he got it lowered, he went out there and knocked the other dude out. Right. Maybe it was good for him to calm down for a half a but, second. But he's about to fight in an MMA fight, like, I think his blood pressure might be a little high. Yeah, no kidding, right. You'd think they're right. It should be the opposite. Like, no, you're normal. What's wrong with you? Yeah, exactly. Right. You realize you're about to fight someone, right? In a locked so, cage. So I'm one, I'm one five hour energy away from not doing the show is what you're telling me. <laughs> Just say, look, we got great coffee. Yeah, go I easy, brother. Yeah. You might want to drink some tea before you... Yeah, right. <laughs> so I've made it through all these flight cancellations and all this... <laughs> Licensure oh my stuff, gosh. whatever. No, I'm still, still not out of the woods. <laughs> I'm just ready for this fight. Yeah, you got to tell. I, I saw the pictures and I was I, 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 smiling from ear to ear. You got to tell Ted the story. I saw it on your Twitter and on your Facebook. Your grandma got involved in a wrestling match. Oh I yeah. Thought, I was like, what, when does that ever? Ha get, when do you ever have a chance to get your grandma involved? When you're part of the Cross family. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I will pretext the story by saying uh, that said grandma went bungee jumping uh, when she turned seventy. Dope. So, yeah. So anyone in the world wow. that thinks I'm crazy, it's like we won't know for another 35, 40 years. Like, I'm just, You're just, I'm just super normal now. Like, <laughs> until I'm, if I'm 71 and a bungee jumping, then I get to officially be quote unquote crazy. Until then, who knows? Uh, and I remember her telling me, she's like, oh, did your cousin tell you what I did? And I was like, I, I don't know, play cards or something? Like, <laughs> what does a grandma do? You knit? Know? Yeah, is knit something? Yeah, exactly. Rosary beads? I don't know. She's like, I went bungee jumping. And I was like, right. Thinking that it must be a new card game that like she doesn't know what it is. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, Grandma, like explain to me what 
bungee jumping is. And she's like, my grandson's a moron. He doesn't right. know what bungee <laughs> jumping is. Well, she's like, well, it's kind of like this big rubber band and I put you on this crane and went up 120 feet and then you could go feet first or head first. So I went head first and, and, and I still was like, she pulled my leg? Like, I don't understand this. And then my cousin had pictures of my grandma, like, just flying, arms out, head first, like, which uh, she probably put on a t-shirt. Um, but, but yeah, amazing. <laughs> so, yeah. So she came to the show. Uh, I didn't know she was going to be there. This is in Cleveland, Ohio, where I live at uh, Absolute Intense Wrestling, my home promotion. Nice. And uh, she was there. Didn't tell me she was coming. Didn't know anything about it. Um, the ref, at some point, says something to me about a grandma, but, like... <laughs> I'm tired. I'm beat up. I'm trying to do my thing. Like I don't, like I don't have time for like extra information. So I just it like went in one ear out the other. I was like, what, what did you say about a grandma? Like whatever. Uh, later in the match, I'm just kind of uh, down on the mat, whatever, trying to regain my you know uh, strength or whatever. And like I look up and I'm like, oh, it's my grandma. I'm like my grandma's here. And I'm like, oh, that must have been what the ref is telling me. Like so, I'm wrestling Colt Cabana. <laughs> Well, obviously, oh. is you know very entertaining and stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. so he's getting into it with what he thinks is just a grandma. You know, unbeknownst to me, uh, him, it's it's my grandma. Oh my god! So he's like, here's a you know animated old lady, whatever. I can get something out of this. So he's kind of jaw jacking with her back and forth. And she's she, ringside. Yeah. Uh, no, no, she's not. She makes her way ringside. Oh my god! <laughs> so from the back of the room, she starts charging forward. Whoa. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I'm watching it happen, and I'm like, well. My family's crazy, so, <laughs> like, Grandma's probably going to get in the ring, you know, like, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, I'm glad it's, you know, Cabana and myself, like, no, I don't think she's in any danger, or like, I don't know what, how this is going to go, but I mean, this is the beauty of wrestling, too, because it just unfolds before your very eyes, because every person involved was like, my grandma probably didn't know what she was doing, Cabana doesn't know what she's doing, oh I don't know gosh. what she's doing. This is like extreme improv right now. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, can she get over, she's 83 years old, like, can she get over the guardrail? Like, I don't... <laughs> And I'm like, oh, I hope she doesn't just like get hurt getting over the guardrail. And like, she made it there and then just kind of shook it and was, you know, animated or whatever. And then I asked her after the fact, I was kind of like, I was like, I thought you were getting in the ring. She's like, yeah, I wanted to. I couldn't get over that, that guardrail. <laughs> so, so sure enough, had she been able to get over it or if there was a break in it, she was coming in the ring. Um, <laughs> and she didn't tell you? No, I didn't even know she was going to be at the show. The yeah, I, I don't, she didn't even like necessarily mean to. It just kind of happened, and you know, like how I, do you I, stay focused at that point? Like to be, I mean, because you got to still stay in in that moment as a wrestler, and now you're like worried probably about grandma's health. I mean, that's the beauty of wrestling, right? Because it was just happening. It's like these moments create themselves. And, I don't know many other wrestlers that probably have had that moment though, where true. grandma got involved. Yeah, yeah, we didn't go over that in wrestling school, so um, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, the following month, uh, she was sitting rings this time and then uh, I got her to beat the crap out of my opponent Gregory Iron so she kind of stood up and started giving him his grandma slaps and really giving it to him so yeah, she's becoming a little local celebrity in Cleveland we so gotta get awesome. her a combat license and get her out here right, to the north right. yeah exactly exactly <laughs> once she gets her blood work and then that is like secretly and weirdly and I don't know how possible it is but like sort of some like she's been amazing my entire life so this is cool for me because now like we're talking about my grandma in Seattle. Like that's amazing. And, and again, yeah. from like she's always been so cool to me. So the fact that the rest of the world is getting to see a glimpse of how cool she is is like very fulfilling for me. Because I'm oh, like, 100%. yes, like every. Because again, my immediate family and my friends are all like, your grandma rules, and like she ha- she always has. And I'm like, the world needs to know how much she rules. So I do yeah. have this weird like. 
I want to take her on the road or yeah. like, like I want to do like grandma road trips and like get her bookings or something. Like, I, I don't know where this is going to go, but I'm very into the whole idea and we're going to see if, I don't know, let's, let's get her involved. You know, well, I, I think about like, you know, with us in the world of radio, like I get, I think I have most, the most amount of joy is when I get to play like a clip of my mom leaving a voicemail for me because <laughs> the voicemails for my mom are just ridiculous. Sometimes she's had a couple too many shots of Jack Daniels and she right. just rambles, <laughs> thinks she's still on the phone. I mean, I'll play them. Sometimes she'll even say, don't play this one on the radio. And I'll of course do that. Yeah, yeah. We've called Ted's dad up uh, from time to time, and there's something cool oh, about yeah. letting everybody kind of get a peek inside the curtain of who you are. Sure. You know, it's like... That's, yeah, it's funny you'd say that, too, because, like, I am my grandma. Like, we are identical. Like, it's just, she's, again, 83 years old. She, like, puts on costumes and dances around. Like, it's me. Like, everything I've ever done or known that I thought was original or unique or, or, or was me, it's actually just following in her footsteps and doing things that she did and has done, and, and it's like... More so than even my parents. It's like it skipped a generation. And I'm like, I am my grandma. And so it's like it makes oh, sense wow. that like she was so comfortable in that role. I mean, all that just happened. I mean, like she comes up to ringside with Cabana and is like yelling and stuff. And then like she's wearing one of my shirts under her jacket. So she opens her jacket and then like does a 360 toward the crowd to like get a big pop. Like, how is that like... <laughs> How is that a thing? I didn't realize until I watched the clip after the fact. I'm like, look at my grandma going for like the big pop. Like, wait, wait I don't even do it a 360 toward the audience. Like, like, I was like, what? Like, you can't, you can't. That stuff you can't teach though. Like, that's just in her grandma jeans or whatever. And like, it came out, you know. And it's like, but but that's where I came from. So it does like give a lot of insight into like. Oh, you're weird or you're crazy. And it's like, no, nah, man, my whole family's nuts. Like, <laughs> I like that. What am I going to do? Like work behind a desk or something? Like, no, we're just, we're all nuts. That is awesome. <laughs> Has there ever been a time we had a last week on our show? Um, uh, I don't want to dime Ted out, but there was a moment. Oh, it's all right. All right. Well, he, uh, his mom for his birthday, she lives in Maryland mm-hmm. and his birthday's on uh, Christmas Eve. So Christmas she, Eve. I'm 36. Yep. I have a bunch of people over. A packed room. Packed room, beverages, food, everything. Uh, there's a knock on the door, and it's a Marilyn Monroe impersonator. Oh, boy. All right, so then she does, like, her whole sexy thing, right? But it's like, from the sender, your mom. Oh. And, I mean, it was the most uncomfortable thing <laughs> of my entire life. Oh. So, I was wondering, has there ever been a situation where, like, someone in your family's completely embarrassed you? Like, uh, could you think, of oh, maybe it's grandma, maybe it's not? I don't know. They, they don't really come, outside of grandma, they don't really come to the shows. Um... I'm sure. Yeah. I've probably just like just blacked it out. Blacked it out or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like, I did American Ninja Warrior the other year and I like specifically told basically everyone in my family, like, don't come, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. I can't have any of you there where I'm trying to like work, so to speak. So uh they're doing it again in Cleveland this year and I just applied, so I'm hoping to do it again. Uh and I talked to my grandmother in the in the submission tape, so I, I would like her to come. Yeah. Like, you gotta have grandma there. Yeah, yeah, she's gotta have a sign. She should run the course, honestly. Like <laughs> They with, probably would let you. Yeah, why not? Plus, like, that's good for TV. Like, we oh, got yeah. this dude running the, in the course, and then his grandma's here going crazy. Yeah. Not even that's good for TV. My grandma's good for TV. So yeah. Just, <laughs> it was fine. I was telling her, like, we got to get you involved. Like, because. Uh, why are we interviewing you? Where's grandma? I know. Right? <laughs> Let's call her up. <laughs> that's the funny part is she's so busy all the time. If you called her right now, she wouldn't even And She's doing something. Like, she's way more busy than me. And, like, <laughs> I'm the busiest person I know. And, like, you can't get in touch with her. So when she showed up at the show again, she didn't tell me she was come, like going to be there. And I think that's there. funny that she didn't even bother to tell you, like, no. hey, put me on the list or anything along those and lines. And I was like, hey, we got to get you involved uh, the next month. And she's like, well, when is it? You got to give me more of a heads up. I don't know if I can make it. I'm going to be busy. And like, it's a Friday night. I'm busy Friday nights. And like, <laughs> grandma, what are you of course doing? Of you are, 83-year-old grandma. Like... <laughs> And she's like, I, I, how involved am I going to get? I don't know if I'm in any shape for this. I got to do Weight Watchers. I got it. She was really freaking out. And I'm like, 
grandma. Like, just just be grandma, man. Don't worry. <laughs> just be grandma. Don't worry about it. Don't Love worry it, about it. Yeah. You definitely have to bring it to American Ninja Warrior. That yeah. Be, what was that experience like for you? So, uh, amazing, nerve wracking. Like, it's crazy because I thought my leg up on the competition was that gonna was going to be that I know lights and cameras and I'm not scared of those things. Right. Like that's what I do for a living. So I'm like all these nerds in their backyard training on these homemade <laughs> courses. Like, right. Ha ha. Like yeah. When the it's camera's be way on. different when a producer's like, do it now with a million cameras on you and all these interviewers and microphones in your face and all of a sudden you're gonna be like. I have no experience in this. I'm going to freak out. Like, so I'm like, ha, 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 I'm going to you know, rule based on that. What I didn't realize is every time I have a camera on me or a microphone in my face, I'm talking about pro wrestling or something that I'm very comfortable with that I've done for a million years. Mm-hmm. I don't do obstacle courses. I don't do obstacle courses that you can't practice on. I don't do ones where if you mess up and fall in the water, it's going to be nationally televised. I don't. So yeah. it was completely new. So all the lights and cameras that I thought were going to be my leg up backfired on me, went 180, and I was like, I was the guy who was like, oh, my God, there's so many cameras and there's so many lights. Oh, God. And I just became hyper conscious of like, when I fall in this water, it's going on national TV. Oh, my God. And like, you know, I fancy myself this athlete or whatever. And I'm like, I could my whole aura can just be destroyed instantly. And then down to the little things of like the minutia of when you watch the show, it's like a side scrolling video game. And then when you get there, you're lined up directly with the course. So it looks completely different because you're like. No, no, no. I know this from the side. Like, no, only, I didn't think about that. You know what I'm saying? So you get yeah. there and every obstacle, you see them overlapping and you're just looking at everything dead on in front of you and you're like, oh, no, I can't. No, this looks different. It doesn't look. No, it's like one thing. To, I was very much the guy at home. Like, oh, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. No problem. No problem. Then I got there. And I'm like, oh, can I, can I do this? Can I do it? And you don't get to warm up. You don't get to practice. You don't get anything. So Damn. just three in the morning, they send you out there. I did St. Louis. It was 33 degrees. It snowed uh, that oh. night. Uh, so, yeah, there's no sense of that on TV either, which it's like jump over water, which is nearly frozen, and grab this <laughs> metal bar and avoid <laughs> hypothermia. And, like, so I'm shirtless and, like, the snow being, like, and every other city, uh, the qualifying city is, like, L.A. and Dallas and right. Orlando. And I'm like, right. I hate all you people, right. by the way. What, like, what was I thinking? Yeah. So, um, so this go around, will you... Um, are you gonna like try and find someone who might have like their own version of the course, like in a backyard or something like that, like to kind of get more mentally prepared for it? Should I? Yes. Okay. Will I? Likely no. no. Uh, <laughs> I I said this on my tape and I stand by it. The nature of the show is: Are you bad enough to do it or not? When there was the first season, it wasn't who's the dorkiest dude who built the dorkiest course in their mom's backyard. That mm-hmm. wasn't the show. That's You're not right. the spirit of it. It's, it's can right. you, can this get set up and can you do it? So I want to carry that flag. Like it's, 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 it's put up or shut up. It's can you do this thing? It's not who trained on their backyard course. Like, so eh, would it benefit me? Likely, but it's still, I mean, whatever you build is not going to be the exact parameters of these things either. So it, it'll help. But I mean, I don't know. Practice makes perfect, but maybe you practice, and, and your course is just like an inch off from this one or something. So it could kind of hurt you in the long run. And, and it's just not in the spirit of it. And it's like, I, I, I like the entertaining aspects. I mean, even in gymnastics, which was my past, uh, once every month or two, we'd set up like a giant obstacle course. So I just want to, as an adult, be able to do a big obstacle course. I mean, if someone, <laughs> if someone had one of these things in their backyard, I'd love to do it just, just for the fun. You know, not for like, the, yeah. yeah. The, the only one I know about it's, you know, you, you do it on national TV. So, okay, so be it. I, I'd rather not have be, you know, subjected to like that stress of, I remember lining up at the starting gate and I was like, no one pointed a gun at my head. Like, I don't need to be here. I don't need to do it. It's like, I drove to St. Louis. I put myself up in a hotel. Like, I sent an audition tape. And I'm like, 
what am I doing? Like yeah. all this added stress. I'm like, I could just sat at home and like gone to bed and like <laughs> ate some chicken. I'm like, what am I doing? So um, now it's been two years removed. So it's funny how time works, right? Because at that moment I was like, oh, this is what am I doing? And now two years removed, I'm like, I got to do that again. Right. And I'm sure I'll line up again. Should I get that call? Hopefully I do. And I'll be like, what am I doing? I did this to myself again. I learned my lesson and I'm an idiot. But it is so fun and just to go on TV and, you know, be able to I- interact with it. I could bring a lot of wrestling to a non-wrestling audience. Uh, not that I was selling wrestling, but when people haven't, it's funny. Like wrestling, you get like everyone's so critical and, and oh, this and that. And, and But when you take elements of wrestling outside of wrestling, then like that entire critical lens is removed and everyone loves it. Like, so I showed up on the show and I'm like, Everyone here is a dork, and they practice on their mom's courses in their backyards, which is true. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, my God, like, this guy's saying the craziest stuff. But that's pro wrestling, right? Mm-hmm. And so all I did was add these little elements of wrestling, and the producer's like, okay, get him on, get him on. Right. Like, put He's him got on. a knack for the television do another, camera. Do another yeah. interview with him. Do another. And it's just me saying the stuff that was whatever, like... I thought my sex appeal was going to carry me up the wall, and it didn't. <laughs> so I said that. And it's like, but they're just like, what is this guy even talking about? And it's like, it, so that is what's so fun. So I'd yeah. like to do it again because, hey, I want to do the course. It's just, I, I think I could do well on it. And then it's just such a neat thing to be able to interact with these people that aren't aren't ready for you. Yep. Because uh, yeah. it, it is scared people that, that, you know, they wanted the course, good on them. But they're not, you know, used to just like that 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 other world of wrestling that we can kind of... Uh, and when you do it again, you could do that in, in at a wrestling show, and people be like, "Oh, I looked better when Rick Rude did it," or oh. "You didn't do it well," or "You're copying this guy," or "You suck," or whatever they would say. Inevitably, right? You do it outside of wrestling, and they're like, "That was the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life." It and is. You're so right. <laughs> it's so true. I mean, I, sometimes like it drives me nuts that like when I'm I'm, I'm a, such a big wrestling fan, but like I'm not a critical wrestling fan. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm, I just want to be in, entertained. I'm not gonna yeah. question the writing choices, and yeah. I, it, there's no other I think form of entertainment where. People are so, at an event, critical of how they feel the writers are treating, are using that wrestler. And it it's is such strange. A, it makes like, my head hurt sometimes. And sure. I can only imagine for you guys, it's even more infuriating. It's like, just enjoy the ride. Yeah, it's you know? weird. It's weird. I mean, like, Chael Sonnen, pro wrestler, Conor McGregor, pro wrestler. And it's right. like, no one ever gives them, like, they're, they're not even pro wrestlers. And they're the best pro wrestlers on the planet right now. You know, and it's like. Conor McGregor's the best pro wrestler. He doesn't even do pro wrestling, and he's the yeah. best at it. So he's it's so like, good on the microphone. Yeah, too. he does. Yeah. It's pro wrestling, but he just brings in that showmanship. Ted hates Conor McGregor. I do. <laughs> <laughs> he's a great fighter, but honestly, I wish sometimes he would shut up. <laughs> but on the other hand, I love Chael Sonnen. So I mean, I just pick and choose. Oh yeah, that's yeah. That's... And, and Sonnen, to his credit, man, uh, I mean, he got some matches or. <laughs> he got some fights he never should have got, yeah. but his mouth got him there. Oh yeah, yeah, pro wrestling. Yeah, like I said I love doing it. Anytime you can do it outside of outside of legit pro wrestling, then all of a sudden it's just like I don't know. You can like open people's eyes to it. They, they don't know, but it's like it's just fun. Yeah, and I dislike McGregor, but he's very good at fighting. He's very good <laughs> at promos. Like I give him, I give him that respect. You better just, hope he doesn't have his Washington State combative license, buddy. Yeah, but, right. He's gonna hear this, and you're in trouble. Well, we got you on our back, and you're 200 and 0. So no, that's true. Well, we're, we're, we're safe. 201 real fast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love what you're saying because it goes back to something that Ted was saying a little bit before when you joined us, and it's about challenging yourself, doing things that will always challenge yourself. And I would imagine that's the beauty of of being your own boss is that you can constantly find ways to challenge yourself 
I remember doing a, a tour of Ireland in 2009, and uh, Rob Van Dam was on the tour. And there was like this Razor scooter that somebody had, and he's taking the Razor scooter to this like adjacent parking garage and like riding it down the parking garage, and just like crashing and burning. And I found out about it because he came back to the locker room just like co- like his, covered in like road rash type like scars. And I was yeah. like, dude, like what happened? He's like, oh, I got this Razor scooter, and I'm like riding it down the parking garage. <laughs> And I was like, yo, I have my camera. Do you want to, like, go? <laughs> like, I would love to do that. Like, yeah. let's go do that. He's like, yeah, man. So we went to this park garage, whatever. And I, I remember him as he's, like, making this crazy turn and, like, wiping out a parking garage on a Razor scooter. Uh, I remember him just, like, kind of yelling out, like, you got to keep challenging yourself. And for whatever reason, like, huh. in that moment, it stuck with me. Because I don't know how old this guy is, but he definitely doesn't need to be. And it's a, it's a funny, weird example. Like. But he definitely doesn't need to be rising, riding a razor, razor, razor scooter down a parking garage. And then for, for that to be an example for him of, like, you have to be challenging yourself. I was like, he's right. Like, we could just sit here and be like, well, that's dumb, which it is, and it's unsafe. Or we could, it is a challenge, and we can kind of, I don't know, like, you got to keep challenging yourself. So I guess you got to you, you have to know your, your bounds as well. But, but that always stuck with me in some weird way. So there's like elements of that within me too, where it's like, yeah, you got to keep, because the easier thing on American Ninja Warrior would have been to not apply, to not answer the phone call, to sit at home, yep. to to watch it on TV and say I could do it, which I did every single year. It's so hard to like, you know, put yourself out there and be like, there's the water. If I fall in, this is going on national TV. Everyone's going to be like, that dude sucks. That's the risk that I take. And it's like, but you got to live. Like, Thank you. So you gotta, you gotta there's try plenty it. of times to back out too. <laughs> like years ago, you know, I, I just know for me personally, like years ago, like a, a, a guy that used to work on the morning show, we had like a boxing match at a casino in front of like 2,500 people, right? Yeah, we sold it out and it was a, the match was the, the, the big match was Ted taking on another guy oh, in a boy. boxing match. And then the undercard was just ridiculous stuff. Like I took on a dude in thumb wrestling. Okay. Yeah. You know, we, we, we completely choreographed the whole thing. But the, the and the dude was what? Six, two, six, two, three. Ish? Yeah. 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 A few. Extra he was the biggest of- guy at work at the time. So I was <laughs> yeah. like, I'll pick on him. Oh but I remember, like, you know, I remember getting knocked out or, uh, you know, getting the button, you get hit on the button in, in training sessions and sparring. And, and yeah. there was always times to quit, but it was just like, I can't. Like, I got to go through with this. I got to prove something. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I got to see it out. With that said, much respect for what you guys do getting in the ring. That adrenaline dump is still the craziest drug I've ever done. It was like, oh, a, yeah. as soon as that curtain opened, it was like a blackout, and then I kind of wake up, and there's this massive dude punching me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's crazy too, because like even uh, a lot of times you'll you'll do shows, and you have to like fly right to the next city and do like the next one, and, and there's stuff like that, and it's like, you, so on paper you're like, I have to instantly go to bed because I need to get as much sleep as possible. I'm already not going to get enough sleep. I have to do this again tomorrow, but then. You don't want to go to bed. You're still in this like zone, and that's part of why we do yeah. it. So you almost want to like soak it in or whatever. So I'm just sitting there, just being like, oh yeah, because like if you can't enjoy those moments, what's the point? Like none of us are getting rich doing this. So it's like mm-hmm. that is why we do it. And then it's such a weird zone you get in because you're like, okay, I need to go to bed instantly. Like I have to go to bed. Uh, and then you're like, but I don't want to because if I go to bed, then I can't enjoy this moment, which right. is like what all the sacrifice and, and stupidity is for. So it's like this strange world. You're like, go to bed. No, just don't go to bed. Just like, because there is like, it's like the afterglow. That Right, 100%. Yeah, you want to enjoy it. That, my that's, favorite moments when I, was a, when I was playing in a band and playing shows, my favorite part, I mean, the show was always fun, but yeah. it, it's such a blur, like you said, like yeah. everything is just, I'm playing drums and I'm not really noticing what anyone's doing, but that moment when it's over, it's that... 
It's just like you just want to relive it and you want to yeah. talk to people about it. So I yeah, can totally yeah. and see. You got to reflect on it. And I like, think even beforehand sometimes, like, mm-hmm. you know, like we do radio, but if it's like a big concert and we do a stage announcement or where I'm going to do some comedy, like, Part of me still likes that weird feeling of like the butterflies yes. and the nervousness yeah, yeah. beforehand too. That's oh, part yeah. of the juice too, dude. That's part. Yeah. I mean, I've never I, I, full disclosure. I've never been a ring announcer before in my entire life. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, yep. I've done stage announcements in front of like tens of thousands of people at like a, a big amphitheater, right? Yeah. right? So when my buddy Jim, who Jim Perry from uh, Defy Wrestling, is like, "Hey, I know you're you always are a great champion for wrestling of all all types, and be awesome to have you be a part of it." And the only thing was, I don't want to be a play-by-play or a commentator because as even though i've grew up my entire life loving wrestling i don't think on the fly i can announce what moves they're doing i think i would get too flustered i'd be like oh he just flipped him over i don't know what's going on yeah it's you a know? lot of pressure he's over his head yeah so he's <laughs> did, like did a thing and the other guys also did, did a thing and, and, and the hurt. great part is like i already have somebody i'm thinking for that so don't even worry about it i want you to be like the host the ring announcer guy and and it's one of those moments like you said we're like all right the easy answer is no this is way out of my comfort zone. <laughs> right. Like, what what am I doing? But there's that, man. No, I have to do it. I want to. I want. Like, I want the butterflies in my stomach. And yeah. now it's, of course, all my buddies are like, "Are you nervous? Are you nervous?" Are you? I'm like, I wasn't until you kept yeah, asking. Say, That's me. not helping, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. But it's there's Don't such look down. I'm so pumped. I mean. For, all right, I'll ask you. Like, what advice would you have for someone like me? Like, I mean, I, I run. No, I okay, good. <laughs> See ya. No, you'll be fine. It's, it's doing exactly what you're doing now. You know, like obviously you're comfortable talking, so that's all it is. And you, yeah. you've been in front of a crowd, so it's like if you'd never seen another person or you've been holed away in some studio, maybe there'd be some quick learning curve or whatever. But right, like, right. It's gonna be the same as the stage announcing, you know. And you yeah. have energy and you're excited about wrestling. If you were pretending to like wrestling, that could be another issue. But like, you like wrestling, so that will yeah. F- for me, this is just a, a passion. Yeah, yeah fun is contagious, and that will shine through. You know, like that's the kind of stuff. That, that's a great point. That's what, like what matters. I'm gonna steal that line. I like that. I do too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's. Uh, Sammy, People pick up on that. Sami Zayn is the one who told me that. It's like my best friend in wrestling. So. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, so I, I can't even take credit for it because it stuck to me. When he said it to me, I was like, dude, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, that's the, yeah. We were using it, like, we were talking just about dancing or whatever. Because, like, we both love dancing, but we're, like, not good at dancing. Mm-hmm. But what we lack in skill, we make up for just enthusiasm. So it's like, he, so we would just go to these places and just dance like wild men. I mean, like. We someplace at a pool table and he's got the pool cue and he's like like shaking around his head and waving it around. I'm like, well, we're getting kicked out of here for sure because you can't do that. Like that's a weapon, <laughs> you know. Like uh, <laughs> that's that's really borderline dancing now. Now you're actually assaulting people pretty much. So, uh, and it was like, and we were just talking about it. And he's like, you know, if you see some guy in the corner just like having the time of his life, like maybe he's not the best dancer, but like if they're having so much fun, like when you look at that, you're like, I want to be having that much fun. Like, yeah, we were scared that people were like, oh, he's some kind of loser or whatever. But like, I don't really think that's I mean, I look at him and I'm like, oh, man, that dude looks like he's having so much fun. Right. I want to be having fun. Right. I like, wish I could do that. My friends, like, we're all cool or whatever. So we're standing in the corner, like, just being cool and we're too cool for it. And like, I don't know. You just got to. And he's going home saying I had the time of my life. And you guys are like, well, that was all right. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah, like that, yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So he's just like, and then other people see it. They want to do it. And fun is contagious. And I was like, that carries over with yeah everything. So. I, when he said it to me, you know, it meant a lot. So, yeah, happy to pass it along. Nice. I, I love that. <laughs> I got to ask you, uh, as a guy who's done so many different wrestling promotions, mm-hmm. what's been the weirdest one for you? Weirdest? Oh, man. Um, we had a promotion in Ohio that wasn't exclusively, but uh, it was running in prisons. <laughs> so for like a year, we did like a handful of shows in wow. in prisons. So that was awesome. 
Um, that is interesting. Yeah, be, yeah, and and I'm thinking. I mean, there's just so many stories that come out of it. Like, I thought they weren't going to be like real prisoners. If that makes any sense. So I'm like, they're going to be here for like traffic violations or like minor drug offenses or whatever. So yeah. Uh, it wasn't until after the first show when I asked the warden, I'm like, what are these guys in here for? <laughs> and he's like, oh, everything. I'm like, well, what's everything? Like some weed or something? And he's like, no, there's the, he's like, the crowd that you just performed for, there's two confirmed cop killers. Like, they're, they're guys serving life and stuff. I was like, I thought these guys were in here for like a month or two. Like, he's like, oh, no, no, there's like a lot of them are like serving life with no chance of parole and type things. I'm like... Why did you send me out there? Like, are you kidding me? Like, if I uh, and I was the heel, so I'm like getting these guys' faces and yelling at them to do something. And I'm like, I would have rethought every single thing that I did if I knew there was like m- legit murderers out there. Like, what the heck? So it was, it was crazy. It was really crazy. Um, there was, it, it was set up just like any you know independent wrestling show. So just guardrails and a crowd. And I was about to ask, like, I thought maybe like there's like a giant fence around you no, guys. No, that's why. Like, like, put me in a steel cage, guys, to protect me that's from them. What I kind of thought, and I thought like guards would like walk us to the ring, and like no, there was like guards were in the back of the room. So whatever's going to happen would have already happened before they could ever have gotten there. So we were like really exposed. And and my plan was like, I've never been to prison, but you know, you watch TV shows or something. So I'm like, well, I'm going to walk out and I'm going to walk the guardrail right next to everybody. So they know I'm not scared, you know, cause everyone else is going in and going right to the ring. And I'm like, I'm going to get in their faces. So they know what, up, you know, what's up. But the uh, a prison crowd, I mean, big surprise, is way different than a normal crowd. Mm-hmm. So I come out, I walk along the guardrail. The first dude you see is the craziest thing I've ever heard that I can't repeat. And I'm just like, what? I'm so scared. I'm going right to the ring. Like, <laughs> I mean, you're used to pro wrestling shows where what's the worst that happens? Like, you suck. And you're like, yeah, okay, well, whatever. That doesn't right. really, that kind of bounces yeah. up my skin at this point. These guys are not yelling that kind of stuff. It's crazy stuff. So I'm just like. Oh my God, I'm dead and I'm so frightened. And uh, yeah, it was an experience. And you're not going to get, you know, like the hokey aspects of wrestling, like, all right, let's all clap in unison now, everybody. You're not going to get hardened criminals to be like, let's all clap, guys. Like, sorry, we're not chanting, this is awesome. No, yeah. So it's just a completely different, like, I'd put a fork in my knee pad or something uh, as the bad guy. I get the fork out and then. I'm the biggest, you know, baby face in the building now because everyone, everyone loves me. And I'm you like, brought oh. your own shank. Yeah, I didn't we think have it. one too. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm doing it behind the ref's back and everybody's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. Kill him. Right. I mean, really, kill him. Stab him in the kidney. I went so, I made like the biggest, like, rookie mistake too when I first came out because like, they're like, oh, cut a promo. You're the bad guy, whatever. So I come out. I grab the microphone and I'm like, just thinking, okay, wrestling 101, whatever, insult the place. So I'm like, this place sucks. And everybody, yeah. We agree. <laughs> and I was like, how stupid am I? Like, how forget what I think? I have pride in their home prison? Like, of course this place sucks. So I was just sitting there and I'm like, why are they? Oh, I'm an idiot. I'm so dumb. And I'm like, well, they all love me now. <laughs> I, just, I just said the prison sucks right in front of the warden and all the guards. And. I'm like, how do I save this? How do I save Dude. this? So I'm like, do you want to know why? <laughs> I'm like, because you guys got it so easy. And look at these cush beds. You're sleeping better than me on the outside. And I saw your, what are you getting, three meals a day? We just came from the other prison down the street. They really had a bad night. Those guys were tough. You guys are a bunch of pansies and whatever. But again, I thought they were not real prisoners. Whatever, what is so. this, a punk-ass state prison? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this could be a documentary. And like, even, I, like, I even can't the warden I... was like, like all the things that he, you know he wanted to say, but he couldn't. He'd be like, oh, say this, say this, say this. Or, or tell them about talk about this prison and say they're tougher or something like that or like tell them we're gonna take away the movie night or like so he would get little things in where I'm like this is real borderline like 
I don't know how I feel about this. And uh, and the whole thing was interesting because even when they approached me with it, I was like, is this a thing? Like, wow. how about we do it at a kid's hospital? Like, why don't why are we providing entertainment for criminals? Like, That's a good point. We could go to like like, like so there's probably sick children somewhere that they could use a free show. Like, we've been waiting years for you guys to be here in, in the Northwest. And you guys are performing in Ohio. In yeah, yeah for, for literal murderers. I was like, I don't know if I'm even like on board with the concept, really. Like, this is kind of strange. Wow. And then after the show, they're like, you can go out there and meet everybody. And I was like, well, I'm good. You know? <laughs> <laughs> are they was, able to buy my t-shirt? If I, not, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. I was in their face telling them to like, why don't you do something? And, you know, you're, you're a wuss or whatever. So I'm like... Yeah, I'm probably not going to go out there uh, and meet them now. That seems like a real bad idea. We had our moment. Yeah, yeah. But I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, like morbid curiosity. I was like, I, after a while, I was like, yeah, I'm going to go. Like, I don't know. Because I, I, we're wrestlers, right? Like, we just, I'm I'm fascinated by the story. Like, you'll hope to write a book someday. And I'm like, well, this is this is part of a chapter, Dude, I guess, this right? Is, like, this is a whole book. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like, if you, I wish there was like video cameras and a documentarian. Yeah. I mean, just the whole leading up to it. And oh, then, it was insane. Like, that would be, that's a whole documentary in itself. Yeah, like, not even sure. just like a blurb. Like, that is like, that's insane. And I don't think I did like, not expect that story. <laughs> no, no one could. It was pretty much like the warden. It was like he was retiring later that year. So I think it was just like his, like on the way out, like here's something I've always wanted to do. Yeah, I, and and like it was re, it was pretty hush hush. So I I just think it was like something that one guy wanted to do, sort of. Yeah, he could slide it in there. Like it's definitely not a thing. I remember <laughs> being a kid seeing yeah, wrestling. Lame Duck Warden. Yeah, the hell. Yeah, sure. That's that's what it was. And it's like so I went out there to meet these guys after the show. Eventually, just again the morbid curiosity, and I was mm-hmm. like, uh, and the first guy was like wanted to give me a hug, and I was like, well. I'm going to get stabbed in the back, like, right now. You know, like, let me just put myself in the most vulnerable position with a stranger that I was just Show me your in hands. face who's a prisoner. So I'm like, do I hug this guy? You're like, I'm going to do it. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm just waiting for, like, the, the warm sensation of being stabbed. And I'm like, <laughs> here we go. Uh, and, and But getting to talk to these people, I really did a 180 about, like, because I was like, well, we, I don't even know why we're doing this. And then these guys were just so touched and, and so affected by it and so uh, appreciative. And it was like, it was really, and they were, you know, a lot of them were in there for life. And, and I'm like, is this a thing? Do you guys get entertainment or, and the one guy's like, well, we had a, we had a softball game in 83. Oh, and, and that just hits you. Right. Cause I'm like, wow. Jesus, Oh my God, that's my whole life. And you, you got to watch a softball. He's like, yeah, it was not, you know, we got to watch like, these like ladies play softball like wasn't fun. oh they didn't even get to play softball I don't think they played it like, they, like watched giving them bats yeah, yeah like, that's a solid point twenty three years ago or thirty some years ago I was just like oh whoa wow. and then I remember it was, it was around the holidays and this one guy in particular was just like so genuine and he was just like hey man I hope you, I hope you have like a nice Christmas and it just it it just I was floored you know like to this day it just really really rocked me because I was like I'm gonna go home in like an hour. Mm-hmm. To like a house and eat whatever I want and do whatever I do and like I live this life where I'm a pirate and I just get to go around and hang out with dudes and like have the best life ever and you hope that I have a good Christmas like oh my it was just a right. weird like it made it all like worthwhile to me because I was just like I can't even like wow I was like fighting back tears like when I think about it sometimes yeah like, I, I, that's I, heavy yeah it, it, it rocked me to my core because I was just like and the way and it wasn't sarcastic it wasn't he was so genuine and it was like I don't know. It just touched me because I was like, wow, how can this guy like, how, you know, and, and why? And it was just, it was so powerful. And then I was, then I was super on board because I was like, okay, 
everyone makes a mistake, I guess, whatever. I don't know what these guys are in here for, but like at least for two seconds or an hour or whatever it is, we're really, really, I, I assume I've never been to prison, but I assume when you're there, they're not like everyone get together in a group and get really rowdy about something that's yeah. probably frowned upon. So the wrestling <laughs> show was the one chance where they can all get on the same team, have an almost normal quality of life moment. And, and just yeah. and everybody deserves regardless. I mean, I, I, okay. Yeah. It's some more extreme compared to others, but I mean, sure. some, I mean, it doesn't mean that we should be treating people like animals. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean, like yeah, they, it was just, it it was, it was, yeah, it was crazy. Wow. And there's always going to be the extreme cases of some people being pure evil, but also there's a lot of people in prison, frankly, that are 18, 19, young, just make dumb, mistakes. very poor mistake, you sure. know, choices. Sure. I remember the one we, we went into and they just put us in with like the general population. So I thought like there would be like a direct door to the gymnasium or wherever we're at. And it was like, we came in the front door. It was like proper old school prison with like these big, loud, noisy doors and the whole thing. And then they there was a, a tape line on the ground or maybe it was painted regardless. And you had to walk, you know, in that single file line. And they put us in just with the guys. Like they put us in the, in the line just amongst dudes to like walk this hallway. And I'm just like. This is crap. Like, I'm in prison. Like you said, yeah. this moment of like, what, oh no, what did I do? No, I didn't do this. I don't know what I do. And you're walking like, and they had flyers like on the wall for this wrestling show. <laughs> wow. And I'm looking at myself like on this flyer, and I'm like, this is the craziest moment in my life. Like, what am I? And then obviously, this flyer's been hung up for you know days or weeks or months or whatever it is. So every person in the prison is like. Oh, there's that dude with the beard who has been looking at, and now he's standing this. So everyone's how like, how long ago was this? Um, probably two, three years ago. Oh, wow. So everyone's just eyeing me in the prison, but you don't know if these are like, oh, cool, like, good, he's here, yay? Like, right. are, are these are these fans? <laughs> or is this like, oh, here's this guy? Like, so I'm just like, I don't even know if I'm in danger or not. And like, but we really got up like the proper experience of like, you know, again, like no special treatment, no, no whisk you away to some locker room. It was like, right. all right, get in the line with the guys. And I'm like, uh, can I not get in the line with the guys? Like, I don't know if I ever want to be in this line. Like, I don't. Yeah. So, but would you do it again? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. Every wow. Day. Yeah, because it was just cool. it was such an insane experience, and we, we got to do maybe four or five of them. So, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really, really, really crazy. I, I don't think it'll ever happen again because that uh, that warden has since retired, and and I think, you know. Yeah, how do you pitch that? Right. <laughs> you know, like, we yeah. want to come and simulate fighting and, yeah. and 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 rally, get these guys all hyped up. Yeah, and, we're gonna yeah. get them real pumped up. <laughs> yeah, <and laughs> I'm gonna get in their faces, not knowing that they're hardened criminals, and <laughs> we're gonna beat each other up, and they're gonna cheer. It's, yeah, but yeah. when we're done, they're gonna be fine. Yeah, it's gonna <laughs> real riled up for know. you, and then we'll leave, and then you guys. That just, is amazing. Like yeah. that is, I mean, it, it may, it's just what an incredible story. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, it was really, really something. So that that's what jumps out. For I forget the original question, but something like what's the craziest, craziest promotion? I mean, yeah, yeah that, that, that that wins. Yeah, I yeah. don't think anyone could ever. If, if we had like a if we were having like a round table of all of you, like your, your peers, sure, I, I, I think you would win that hand of poker. I remember Cabana being like, I want to drive you know six hours from Chicago to do those. Like Cole Cabana being like, this I have to be involved because he had mm-hmm. heard about it because uh, they were they were hush hush as well, you know. Um, and I was like, we'll do the money's like you know it's it's just during the week, it's the weekend, it's just we're just doing it for the experience really. He's like, I don't care. I will come for free just because, like, because again, we're all just driven by those experiences and, and whatever. So it was a, it was certainly an experience. Wow, Man, that's <laughs> unbelievable. Wow. Yeah, the Johnny Cash of independent wrestling. Yeah, I did have a, yeah. I had a little graphic guy who actually lives in Washington. Uh, I had him like mock up a little, uh, like a San Quentin silhouette of, yep, yep, yeah, of me, and, the, and that's when I like. Oh my pseudo gosh. advertised my appearance in the prison because I was thinking that and and we started I mean for a while we were doing uh you know we did three to five and, and I thought they were going to continue and I was like 
this is going to be my thing. Like, I am going to be the Johnny Cash of, like... Right? I'm like, I love it. Like, that's... Matt Cross, prison wrestler. Yeah. Right? The crescendo is you in Folsom. Yeah. <laughs> right? 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 That's Let's the WrestleMania it. moment right yeah. there. Let's do it. <laughs> Folsom. I, I, I don't want to mon- monopolize all of your time. I know you got stuff... You just got off of a plane, and I'm we're selfishly taking up all of your time, but this has just okay. been unbelievable. I did want to quickly just touch on uh, loving what you're doing at Lucha Underground and what a, a fun and different type of a vibe as a fan... Is it weird for you to wrestle with a mask? Sure. I mean, it's like anything, you know. I, what I tell people, I get asked that a lot. And it's like, go mow your lawn and, like, put a mask on. Like, yeah. it's, it's different. Like, anything you could possibly imagine doing, like, throw a mask on. Like, uh, Did you, Was it, it weird when you when they first pitched that and you're like, well, I have a beard. Is this going to work with my mask? And Because like, it's so unique and it's such a cool look. When they gave me the original mask, it was a full mask. And I was like, uh, this is going to be probably an issue because I have a giant beard. And they're like, well, just try it anyway. So I'm putting on, my beard was even bigger at the time. So I'm trying to put this mask on and like cram my beard up there, but it's so like epic. It's like falling out of all the sides and just, it looked so garbage. And they're like, well, let, let's see it. It's like, it was the worst looking thing ever. And I'm like, there's, this can't work. And then I was just like, is there some way of cutting out a hole for my beard? And luckily it is like Robert Rodriguez and this is Hollywood. So there's an entire team of wardrobe people on set. So within five to 10 minutes, they were like, all right. And boom. And someone came back with it, you know, seconds later and it was already fashioned with the hole in it. And they're like, try this. And I put it on and it was like, Hey, that's kind of different. Like this is a whole, a whole look. So kind of was like a little serendipitous, like, you know, thing where yeah, it wasn't meant to be, a bearded character or anything like that. And it's like, I could kind of bring, uh, bring that to it and breathe a lot of life into it. Uh, I'm grateful that if I had been like two years into wrestling, three years into wrestling and been given a mask, it very well could have been an issue. Mm -hmm. I'm just very glad that I was at that point, like 14 years in. So a lot of it is confidence and trust and feel. And like when I do springboards with it, I I, I can't see down. So uh, when I do springboards, it's hundred percent feel and springboards are like, sketchy as is and then you, you you can't see down so i can't really see my feet and stuff like that so it's like you just have to well i've done this for 14 years and i know what i'm doing so i'll just do it now but the first i mean every time you do it but especially the first couple of times you do that when you're like when you're consciously just relying on like i believe i can do it mm-hmm. and then you do it um yeah i mean there's a lot of i mean like you know prince puma uh, we're, uh shane strickland as well with kill sure. shot yeah a lot of us are like i mean i'd never worn tights before and that seems silly on the surface, but like it makes a difference. So it's like I'd never worn tights, I'd never worn big leather boots, I'd never worn a mask. Like, and then I didn't get those things like phased in. Like it was like in one that uh, I was given the outfit and everything maybe two hours before the very first episode. So when you watch, if you go back and watch the first episode, I mean I'm getting used to. All, I'd been given wow. it two hours prior. I'm wearing it for the first time like, there and go. Like, <laughs> yeah, like here's your thing and and do it. And I'm like, all right, I'll just wear boots and a mask and like, what am I doing? Like, so the whole outfit. So it's like I wish there was almost like a, a greater understanding of that or like, yeah, Prince Puma's wearing like boots doing like 630s and like we're all doing the craziest moves ever in like new outfits. Like, and I just, I don't think that can be like undersold. I mean, like, I don't know, take the greatest, take LeBron James and be like, wear these shoes. You don't pick them. You're going to wear these shoes. Mm-hmm. It's going to affect his performance. 100%. And, and immensely so. And yeah. people would be, that would be a huge talking point. And it's a funny how wrestling, it's like, it, it, no one mentions or thinks about that kind of stuff. And it's like, even every ring is different, different size, different, what are the ropes, what are the consistency, uh, how tight are they, how is the, there's just so many different factors. It's not like. I never even thought about all that. No like, one does. Yeah. It's, it's not like basketball where it's like the arena or whatever, or the court is this size. 
period. But I think about like as a guy, I play hockey uh, for fun, like rec leagues and stuff, and yeah. I play goalie. And if like a strap is off, or if I'm using a different helmet yeah. or different pads. My head is not in the game at all. Yeah. And this is just me screwing around with my buddies at 10 o'clock at night at right. a, a small dinky rink. Yeah. You're doing it on television. Yeah. And also risking your injury, uh, your 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 partner, the guy you're wrestling's injuries. Uh, you sure. know, I mean, there's a lot of... Oh my goodness! I yeah, never thought and, about that. And the rings themselves would be the equivalent of the goal. So you show up in Salt Lake City, and now the goal is, is this shape in Salt Lake City. <laughs> yeah, right. So you're like, oh, okay, it's this shape. And then they're right. like, and here's the pads you're gonna wear in Salt Lake City. You're right, like, right. But I don't like these pads. They don't fit like, me. That doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> where I mean, literally, cut a hole in this thing so it even fits on my face. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't even made for me. So even the eye holes don't even like line up. So the whole match, I'm just trying to like make it happen. And and so yeah, it's difficult. But um. But yeah, it's such a really fun environment, you know, and it's, I just love being there because it's so uh, rewarding and they treat us so well. And it's just like all the good parts about wrestling and like none of the bad. It's just it's really, really nice what they've kind of what they've accomplished there. And such great feedback from the fans. Oh, for I sure. Mean, yeah, it's just been so much fun as a fan to watch. I mean, the story arcs and just the way it's done. It's so got a great gritty vibe to it. Yeah, it's it's sure. such a well done uh, uh, show. I mean, it's, it's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. We've been sold false alternatives for years. You know, everything comes out being like diet WWE or WWE light. And it's like, it's always, it's always sold to us. Like this is the new different thing. And it's in a big arena and it's wrestling and there's guys and they're doing this thing. And you're like, Oh man, that sounds, wait, that's not different at all. That sounds like yeah. everything ever. Like what do you <laughs> what? And this is the, this is the only genuine alternative since what, like debatably ECW in like '98. So you got to go back like over 15 years to even have a talking point of something that might have been different. So it's like, I don't know. There's a lot to be said just for that. Where it's like, oh, it's genuinely fresh. It's genuinely different. Like it's a true alternative. Like, and it's about time, you know. And I think that's why it is, you know, enjoying the success it is because it's like. I don't know. Wrestling doesn't have to be just. Someone else said this to me, and I wish I remembered who it was. And I enjoyed it so much because they said. What we are given as wrestling fans is one family's view of this art form. And I was like, man, you're right. It's what one family thinks of this art form. Mm-hmm. So wow. if I went to the museum in Seattle and I went to the museum in Cleveland and I went to the one in Paris and it was, it was all Van Gogh, every single one. And I'm like, oh, this is great. It's great. That's what I understand as art. And then you went somewhere and you saw your first Monet and you're like, oh my God. Like it, 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 it would blow your mind. Yeah. Like, and it's like, just because it's like what one family thinks of pro wrestling isn't isn't pro wrestling is their view of it. And it's like, oh, my God, that is true. So it's like here is a different person's view of an entire art form, art form for arguably the first time ever. It's funny you said because I think about like I went to WrestleMania weekend. I went did a bunch of interviews on Radio Row through the WWE and it was a great experience. Went yeah, to yeah. WrestleMania and it's like, you know, this hundred thousand people giant stadium. And then when WrestleMania ended went over to, I think, the Knights of Columbus Hall at like 1230 at night and uh, VIP Wrestling. They put on a show for like a hundred and something people. Brian Cage was there, uh, Johnny Gargano and uh, Joey Ryan and Candice LeRae. And I I was telling my wife the next day, she's like, I don't understand how, because she didn't go with me. She's she's like, I'm not going to, this is not my world. Like, I'll only go to WrestleMania and I'll be that person that's like, let's go home. Right. So she's like, so did you have fun at that? Were you, I'm like, I had if not as much fun, more fun. It was like, it, because it was it was different, and it was like you said, it was a, a whole different version of what I love. But I don't even know how to put it into words. I think yeah. you summed it up great. It's like it's it's still this amazing art. It's just 
delivered in a different way and it's still amazing yep. and, and the crowd was loving it and it's like we're here till three in the morning and none of us are acting like we're tired we're like i'm still jacked like if there was another wrestling show like down the street <laughs> i probably would have went to that one too that's awesome like, it was like, I, I heard about that show too i was wondering how it would do because yeah it started what 12 30 at night or whatever they had to put it back because the traffic was so bad getting out of uh the at&t stadium oh, sure. it was supposed to start at midnight and i'm stressed and i'm like we're missing it we're missing this like right. we're not even moving and then when we got there they literally just started because they're like we noticed that there was nobody here and it was like oh parking it's uh, an issue but it was awesome yeah i know sam McCallahan is doing uh, yep. a wrestling revolver show that i'm gonna be doing this year where it's like i don't even know what time he said it was gonna be early so i don't know it's 10 in the morning or something it's like <laughs> pile drivers and pancakes or something it's called uh, but, nice. he, but he's trying to do like a like an early type thing so there's just so many like different avenues and, and things like that it should be fun so i don't know hopefully that'll enjoy <laughs> suplex this. and sausages yeah right <laughs> so that, that'll be like body slams and bacon right <laughs> oh we can do this for a while yeah, we, yeah, yeah. he's like i'm hungry stop talking about food uh, <laughs> Matt, i didn't think about it but uh true. before we finish yes great beard appreciate it yeah man <laughs> yeah i feel a little Thanks, left man. out i mean ted actually put time into making sure his beard was nicely groomed for you which i thought oh, was good. cool and yeah i was I, like I, I know we got a great beard coming in i got a, <laughs> i got a shampoo it today oh good yeah no it's also good that we finally have a guy in the studio that has a similar physique as us and that takes care of his body just yeah like exactly we it's, 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 it's good <laughs> <laughs> the beard's not the only thing we have now <laughs> right, yeah. uh, again friday it's gonna be defy wrestling it's at the washington hall which is a newly renovated uh old building like built in the 1900s jimmy Ooh. hendrix played there fugazi played there. Oh, really? Green River. It's got a great history of just unique stuff, and it's been like dormant for a long time. And they put a bunch of money into it to renovate it. So I'm really excited to see what this venue is going to be, um, and, and what the vibe is going to be there. I'm, I'm, I'm so pumped to watch you do your thing. Uh, DefyWrestling.com to get tickets, and uh, if you want to follow Matt on Twitter, uh, all you got all you got to do is just go to uh, M Dog with two G's, Matt Cross, and uh, Son of Havoc. You can just look it up on Twitter. I'm sure it'll pop up, and Facebook as well, and all that good stuff. And uh, I remember I loved your interview when you did with Kevin Gill a long time ago. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I walked away with a few like things that I remember. Oh, man, that's a, just good life lessons. And yeah. I also, something I was like, when you went on a tangent about buying bands t-shirts, that's something I truly believe in as well. <laughs> yeah. It drives my wife nuts. She's like, no more t-shirts. I'm like, that's just my way of giving back to a band that put on a great show. It's more than the t-shirt, yeah. And, and, and you, you nailed it. There are some shirts I own that I've never worn. I'm saying. Uh, but it's like, in my opinion, like this is my way of like almost like tipping the band. For sure. And I just want to say, if anyone who's going to the show, uh, obviously you're all going to have your t-shirts. And, uh, and I know you have a, a shop on ProWrestlingTees.com. Mm-hmm. Buy the t buy the t shirts from the wrestlers as well. This is um this is the way you guys do your thing. This is your livelihood and uh and it's it's a way of giving back to the art form that we all love. So I just wanted to throw that out there and I love no, what you yeah. had to say on Kevin's podcast. I appreciate it. Like I flew a hundred thousand miles last year, so that's so much time in airports. So I mean I can't I, I I'm a bodybuilder, right? So it's like I'm gonna eat every two and a half hours, so I can't be like, Well this you know, airport sandwich is really overpriced. I'm just going to starve forever because then there's no point in going to the gym and, you know, just losing all these, like, whatever hard work that I put in there. So it's like you got to end up spending all this money. So it's like it's funny how, how far those little things go. So yeah. whether that's the Uber to the airport or if I drive there, the parking for the airport or the baggage fees or the whatever. I mean, like, most of that stuff's not even like, oh, going in my pocket. I'm rich. Woo. It's just <laughs> yeah. like, right. it's like this will get me to the show so I can break my neck for you. You know, yeah, like, no, not I to know. put a negative spin on it, but that's, no, that's the reality. True, of it. I like, mean, I remember when I got home and my wife from WrestleMania weekend when I went to like WrestleCon and I went, I probably spent more time at wrestling shows than I did asleep. Yeah. Like it was just ridiculous. And, and I came home with like signed picture from Joey Ryan. She's like, what are you going to do with that? I'm like, nothing. 
I just wanted to get a picture with him, and I didn't want to be that guy to say, can I get a picture and just walk away? Like, I wanted to at least be like, here, some, like, this is tangible. This is like, I'll buy, I want to buy your autograph because I just wanted to meet you, but I didn't want to monopolize your time because I know your time is money. Yeah, and yeah. like, it, it, it's, it's, on behalf of everyone, I thank you. No, that's cool. I think it's important. Like, even with like Hulk Cabana, too. It's yeah. like, yeah, or, or Dalton Castle. It's like, sure. my, my wife's like, okay, this, of course, he had his, his boys and they're all in yeah, their yeah. outfits. And she's like, okay, this picture's pretty cool. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, that was the best $20 I spent all weekend. We can hang this one up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't I, go that far, but. Yeah. <laughs> and I was already excited for the show, but now you brought up uh, Fugazi or whatever. So now I'm 10 times more oh. I mean, I love that because wrestling in general is my journey through punk rock. You know, I mean, yeah. like, this is what keeps me in it. Like, my friends didn't play instruments. So I couldn't, uh, I didn't have the means to sleep on couches and not make any money doing that. Yep. So I found my own way. It's a beautiful aspect of that. Yeah, to, to do that. Right. So yeah. it's like when I can play venues that have like history like that and mm-hmm. stuff like that, like there's First Avenue in uh, Minnesota where Eric Cannon runs. And it's like, uh, that's where, like where Against Me will play where they're on tour. Oh. When I see like their tours, it's like, oh, Against Me's playing. I'm like, well, I've, I've done there. Like Andrew Jackson Jihaz plays uh, Turner's Hall in like, Milwaukee. And yeah. I wrestle there. And I'm like, well, I've done that. It makes me feel accomplished on some level. Yeah. So now it's like, Fugazi, like yeah, now we're talking. Like, yeah, so I agree. I, I love stuff like that. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget like that little tidbit of like, oh cool. If wrestling ends this Friday. I'm gonna be like, I, I wrestled someplace Fugazi played. I you perform know, like, where Fugazi performed. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Like that, it won't mean anything to anyone else. But like, I will never forget that. Now you gotta come out to waiting room and it'll be perfect. Oh man, <laughs> done. Oh man, that's gonna be so much fun on on Friday. Thank you for taking time. I know uh, I was like, oh, we'll give, give you, like, we'll get you out of here in 15, 20 minutes, and here it is, like over an hour. And I'll do been... it because I am a patient boy. I wait. How's that for a callback? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no worries, man. I could geek out about music forever. Yeah, with same. Now, um, again, go see him at Defy Wrestling. We're all going to be there. It's going to be a, a blast. And uh, uh, welcome to the Northwest uh, again. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Awesome. Appreciate it. Can't wait. All right. You know, I, usually we do another break, but why don't we just call it a cast? And yeah. uh, because this has just been unbelievable. And I don't think anything we could do after this will be anywhere near as awesome no, as I this. I agree. So. All right. Well, thank you guys for <laughs> listening to the Megacast. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter at the Megacast. Peace. Mr. President, Marilyn Monroe.